want to check first of all and make sure uh, that everybody has gotten one of these. If you haven't, they're on the table in the back in the vestibule. And it's a magnet that hopefully will go onto your refrigerator and it gives you the basics about above and beyond. And would love for you to take one with you. And again, there are plenty back there. Would love for you to do that. Um, I wanted to just begin by uh, clarifying a few things. I mean, nobody has come and said, you know, oh, we got to get this clarified, but I thought it'd just be helpful as far as the, the Above and Beyond campaign goes. First of all, uh, we uh, are not trying to double our uh, entire budget. What we've got is uh, the 15% of our overall budget. Right now, what we do is give 15% two missions. What we want to do is throughout the course of this year, give enough to where that is double, basically around $600,000 that we can use for missional uh, projects, relationships, and all that. And that will begin in January of 2019. So again, we could say mathematically, if you normally give $10,000 a year to the offering, uh, that would mean 15% would be $1,500. But wait a minute, because don't let yourself be uh, limited to that. Uh, if you want, you know, if you just really are in a position where all you can do is the 15%, uh, that's great. That should be our minimum above and beyond. Uh, you know, if you think God is leading you to give a little bit more than that, please uh, consider that and, and do that if you feel led to do that. And again, we can begin giving to it uh, even now. Uh, uh, probably by next Sunday in uh, the pews, there will have uh, special offering envelopes with the Above and Beyond logo and a graphic on there, and you can put in any offering you want to. Those will be there throughout the year, and would love for you to do that. Also, hopefully by next week on our homepage uh, online, there will be a direct link to where you can go straight from the front page there uh, to wherever uh, it is you need to go in order to uh, give whenever you can to the Above and Beyond campaign. So do keep that in mind. Uh, Yeah, next. Okay, giving is open until uh, December 31st. Obviously, we're giving throughout the entirety of this year, and we will begin dispersing those funds, the doubled funds, probably a a little bit after January. January is where we've got to do the the, uh, missions um, uh, proposals and everything, and the missions uh, committee will go over that. But then we'll start dispersing those doubled funds at the beginning of 2019. And finally, uh, yeah, we're going to have Barnabas givers. We, we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week because this morning we really want to talk about the uh, uh, twice the hands, twice the heart will be next week with the giving. But uh, we want to encourage some folks to be Barnabas givers just as the church um, in Acts chapter 4 got a real jump start with uh, Barnabas. We want to encourage anybody who feels led to encourage us with a great jump start offering even right now or in the weeks to come to do that even before we lead up to the March 11. Uh, pledge Sunday. Again, March 11, please keep that in mind. Please be here. That's going to be our pledge Sunday. And also there's going to be a free lunch, a catered lunch uh, on that Sunday as well, just church-wide. So I hope you can be there for that. Okay. I thought it was wonderful uh, last Wednesday, for those of you who were there, uh, last Wednesday night, uh, Ralph Garth spoke. And, and it was just amazing to hear him and to hear his heart and to hear him talk about what this relationship with Brookwood means to him. Uh, It was very, very touching, and we had a chance afterwards to go up and lay hands upon him and uh, pray over him, and it was just very, very meaningful, a marvelous evening. But what really uh, was amazing to me was that he uh, referred to one passage, and it was the passage that uh, I wanted to talk about briefly this morning, which is Philippians 1, 3 through 5, uh, it's the one that he mentioned the other uh, Wednesday night. And again, that's, I, I had planned to talk about this weeks in advance, but he talked about this primarily talking about how Truvine has been 
uh, you know, we have been partnering with them from the beginning of when it really got going as a ministry until now. And you see that kind of embedded in here. Let me read it one time. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work in you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Again, meant a lot to me that he talked about that just last Wednesday night. And that's an appropriate passage for us today. Let's think about the context here. Paul is in prison. Philippians is one of his, we know of at least four prison epistles that he wrote while he was in prison, probably in chains, and he was either writing it himself or uh, dictating it to what was called an amanuensis and getting the letter out that way. But he is in prison. The church at Philippi finds out that he is in prison. They are concerned about him. They are anxious. And so they basically send one of their own, a guy named Epaphroditus, on a mission trip to minister to Paul while Paul is in prison. And if you look at chapter 4 of Philippians, you know that Epaphroditus brought him some kind of gift. We don't know exactly what it was, but Paul described it as a fragrant offering acceptable to God. It could have been some food that he brought. It was likely what uh, people often brought to people when they were visiting a prison, which was some form of frankincense-like liquid, almost like we would say a cologne or something that, that Paul could place all over him. They did not get to bathe on a daily basis to be in that uh, dark cell. Uh, you wound up uh, not smelling very good, and so they probably brought that, and he was very, very grateful for that. But I want you to think about that. Here's a church plant. I mean, it was a church plant of Paul's. Philippi was, the church at Philippi. It was a church plant, and they wanted to, in a sense, go and honor him, give him due respect uh, by ministering to him and remembering him, the one who was the founder of their very church with God's help. He was their founder. Now, I think about that and I think, what better way of you and me to show respect for those who founded this church, who were the first people back in, what, October of 1969, uh, 50 years ago, or going on 50 years ago, who came along, chartered this church, got it organized, started teaching Sunday school, and yes, started going out on mission trips almost immediately. What better way to honor those who helped found this church than to honor them by engaging in this above and beyond campaign, which will ultimately result in 2019 in what? Twice the amount of mission work being accomplished. That's really what we're going for now. And again, what better way to do it than than to go out and, and in a sense, get our hands dirty? And that's why we're calling it uh, twice the hands and twice the heart. And there's our theme, above and beyond. Two goals, twice the hands, twice the heart. I want to talk about twice the hands this morning. And again, the twice the hard part, yes, we're talking about that next week, and it is about giving of your resources, yes, of your funding, yes. But this morning I want to talk about how doing what we're going to talk about next week is what will enable us to double our participation with twice the hands. And there are three ways we can do this, uh, by praying, by partnering, and by going. And I think I talked about these just briefly last week. An, An example of praying would be for someone, if they are not going to, let's say, Nicaragua, uh, next year. Uh, we got a team that we just commissioned uh, in the first service this morning. If you're not going to Nicaragua, you might go to the Nicaragua meetings leading up to when they fly it down to Nicaragua. And you go and you sit in, and it's just a, a visible means of support. You're just being there. Your very presence is ministering to them. But you also find out what are going to be their particular needs on each day that they are on that mission site. And you can wind up praying for them. 
You can do that. Now, you can do that for somebody going far away. You can do it for somebody right here uh, in a local ministry. No doubt, when they meet to train or whatever, you can be praying for that person. You can be the prayer warrior for someone uh, like Gil Franks, as we'll hear in just a minute, who goes out and ministers to uh, prison inmates who are getting ready to transition back into Uh, the world, so to speak, into society. And again, you can do that. Uh, Another way you can be a prayer warrior really is to do something that we used to do a lot here and we need to bring back is to uh, have these uh, inspirational cards that you can fill out and, and have some cards for some people who will go out on a mission site. And each day that they are on, let's say, that mission trip, they will have some cards from you uh, with scripture, with words of prayer, with, with words of encouragement. There, that's just that's a couple ways through praying. I know we'll find uh, uh, dozens of other ways that we can engage in that. Partnering, praying, and then partnering. Partnering is really for people who are uh, remaining behind. Oftentimes, uh, a group goes to South Africa, as we often do, and and. Uh, you might be the one to uh, help check their mailbox, or if some of the family is remaining there, you can bring them meals or help with child care or help with mowing the lawn or whatever it might be. That's partnering, and that will be a huge help. In a way, you're going to be doing a lot of what I think deacons uh, ought to be doing, and, and which is just doing some of the brass tax work for people who are out there ministering. And finally, going is going, going out on the field somewhere. So, so those are the three ways, and we're going to be monitoring that as we go along in 2019, we want to make sure that we do twice as much. Not just give twice as much, but do twice as much, whether it be through praying, partnering, or going. And all three of those, by the way, are going to be on the pledge card that you will turn in on that Sunday, March 11th, before the luncheon. Uh, and you will commit yourself to, this is the one that I really want to ramp up for whatever reason. Which one do you feel led to? Which one do you think you're particularly gifted for? Or which one do you think you want to shore up because it's been lacking? That's your opportunity to do that. Now, interesting that Paul is writing from a prison because we're going to hear from someone now who uh, ministers so uh, wonderfully to inmates in, in prisons and, and who has had some interesting things emerge just in recent days, some great opportunities with some land donated and the like. Uh, Gil Franks does this marvelous ministry called LifeLink, and we wanted him to come and talk about it a little bit. Get, uh, Gil? Good morning. How are y'all today? You know, when you were showing the picture of uh, Pastor Garth up here, I remembered I had been inviting him to come go to prison with us. And uh, uh, one time last year, I realized he has a lot of friends there that used to run with him. In fact, I went and looked a a couple of them up and, and, and went and found them for him and to report back, and he'd sent a message to some of them. But what a difference God makes. Here's some men who have spent 25 years in prison and God got a hold of Ralph Garth, and look at what he's doing. In fact, Ralph Garth was the one who invited us to come to Brookwood years ago when I worked at the Christian Service Mission, so God bless him. I'm Gil Franks. I'm the executive director of LifeLink Career Resource Center, which is an organization that really helps bridge the gap from corrections to community. We specifically try to work and focus on helping men come home from prison. As of September 26, Uh, September 2017, there were 27,803 men and women incarcerated in the Alabama Department of Corrections prison system. Of these men and women, approximately 90% of them will return home in the next few years. 
they will re-enter society with a label that makes it very difficult for them to be successful. After paying their time to the state of Alabama, they will return home where it will be difficult for them to find employment, a place to live, and in some cases it will even be difficult for them to find a church to attend. They will be called felons, convicts, along with other names, and they will be looked at as outcasts from society. Without help, they face obstacles that will make it difficult for them to survive, and many will return to their old habits, commit new crimes, and return to prison. In Alabama, approximately 30% of those that are released will return to prison within the first year. That number drops to less than 10% if they find a sustainable job that they keep for at least 12 months. Studies show that those who've been through in-prison educational programs are 43% less likely to return to prison and when you combine those in-prison programs with post-release aftercare, that number increases to 73% less likely to return to prison. In 2014, LifeLink started our core in-prison program at Bibb County Correctional Center. CORE stands for Community, Opportunity, Restoration, and Education. And what we have seen and what that's about is that education provides you an opportunity for restoration. But education cannot occur unless you are doing it within a healthy community. So CORE works hard to create a healthy community inside of a dorm at Big County Correctional Facilities. Matter of fact, our office sits right in the middle of that dorm, and that's where we spend our day. This 24-month program is housed in this dedicated dorm where we teach classes that are designed to help men change, to help them learn how to be a productive citizen by learning a new way of thinking. Romans 12.2 says that you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In these classes, we teach life skills, vocational skills, how to build healthy relationships. We help these men obtain birth certificates, clear up their old cases, help them understand how to obtain Social Security cards and Social Security benefits. We help them literally prepare for their journey home. We have CDL classes, food service classes, addiction classes, anger management classes, the list goes on. They can work on, on study for their GED, they can learn computer skills, they can attend Bible studies, and they can obtain now a state certified ready to work certificate that is recognized across the state with major employers. As of January the 1st, just a few weeks ago, LifeLink has been gifted a reentry center in Shelby County, Alabama. Breakaway, Breakaway Point is a 28-acre facility located near Wilsonville where men can live while they transition back into society. We currently have six men living on this property and are building tiny houses to house more. We should have the capacity to house up to 60 or more men at that facility. Currently on this property are two cabinet shops, a commercial kitchen, a flea market, a church, a sawmill, which will provide employment and job training for these men. Our plans are to build this community to help them make that difficult step in returning home. Brookwood Baptist Church has supported LifeLink since we began our work at Bibb. When we started with only a dream, Brookwood Baptist Church was one of the few that were supporting us through missions giving. Since then, our program has grown from 40 men to 100 men, 
and we are now planning for growth this year to over 200 men. We graduated our first core class of 40 last August. Brookwood has not only provided financial support for LifeLink, but Brookwood has also provided many volunteers that have helped us in this program. Wallace Haynes, David Thomas, Charles Viani, Bobby Austin, Mark Coggins, and Larry Dennis have added not only life skills as class instructors, but they have been a Christian witness to the men of compassionate, godly men. We actually had a man last year, or this year, that came to me and he said, the kindness and the love of these Christians that are coming in has overwhelmed me. That, that's, that's preaching the gospel in a, in a different way, is when the love of Christians overwhelms you. As we approach this new year, we, look, we are looking to more opportunities for growth. We look to double our class sizes at Bib, and we look to double the opportunities at Breakaway Point. How can you help? Well, you can support Brookwood Baptist Mission Budget. And you can support the Above and Beyond campaign because we're going above and beyond this year of what we ever expected. You can also volunteer. And some of y'all say, I want to be like Ralph Garth. I don't want to go. But you can volunteer. Some of you can go. We have clerical work that we need help with. We have programs where we need Christmas cards. We have programs where we need Mother's Day cards. We have many opportunities, and now with Breakaway Point, we have opportunities to build houses, we have opportunities to prepare meals, and we have opportunities to teach Bible studies and life skills outside of the prison. And the other thing that you can do is you can pray. Several months ago, I had uh, left Bib after having a bad day, and I, I promise you having a bad day in prison is a bad day. And I was driving home, and I had, you, you know, you kind of get to the point sometimes you say, I don't want to go back tomorrow. And I got home, and I, got, I had an email from a member of Brookwood Baptist. I, I don't even, had never even met this person. And they had sent me an email to tell me that they had been praying for me and how they had been praying for me. Not knowing the day that I had had, how timely that email was, but the encouragement that came from knowing that somebody had thought about me to take time to pray gave me the energy to get up and go back the next day. So you can pray for those that are going. You can pray for the team that goes here from the church. And I want, lastly, I want to thank Brookwood Baptist Church for the support of the mission-minded people that have been able to help us bridge the gap between corrections and community as we fulfill the, the command that Jesus said to visit them in prison. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I so respect Gil and the amazing ministry that LifeLink is. And it, to me, it's providential that it was a few days before Christmas you found out about the 28 acres that was, that was donated. And it really will. It, it will double... Uh, uh, their ministry, it will also double the demand. So what better time for us to, to ramp things up with, with above and beyond? A couple of things I, I'd want to say. First of all, uh, you know, Paul is writing from prison and the Philippians are concerned about him. Uh, but, but he says, don't worry about me. He says, thank you for this nice gift. I appreciate it, but I didn't need it. And, and I appreciate y'all's concern, but I don't have to have it. 
He says it toward the end of the letter, I know what it's like to have a lot, I know what it's like to have not much of anything. And then he says what? That fabulous what? Philippians 4.13, I can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens me. He's not just saying that to them to say, hey, I'm fine. He's teaching them. He's the founder of the church. He is their mentor, and he's saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm in prison, but I'm still making a difference. I'm still sharing the gospel with the Praetorian Guard and other people, and it's spreading. Can you imagine this guy writing a letter from a prison cell in an obscure town, and, and, and there he's making an incredible difference. Think of the incredible difference he's made over the centuries. He can do all things through Christ, which reminds us that we ourselves can do all things in a go as we go above and beyond in whatever we're doing, which reminds me that this meal reminds us of Jesus who went above and beyond more than anyone for you and for me, uh, had his body broken for us, shed his blood for us. You know, uh, one of the things he said before he died, he cried out, I thirst. Why did he cry that out? Well, because uh, not only was it exposure to the weather, but because he had lost so much blood since the flogging. Uh, since the flogging and then moving on toward the cross, and he was just losing that fluid within him, and, and he was thirsting. Again, he went above and beyond shedding his blood for us, above and beyond breaking his body for us. But then I think it's so cool because it really uh, goes right back to this passage from Philippians. You see at the very end there, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is what finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Well, he will return one day, but think about him on the cross. Do you remember one of the last things he said? He basically said it's finally finished. It is finished. Tetelestai is what he said. It's really one word, tetelestai, and it's a word of victory. It's a word of triumph. He has brought our salvation to completion on the cross. Paul is reminding us that one day all will be completed. All will be completed because of our having gone much further having gone twice the amount, you know, going that second mile. And again, with all that ministry, one day Christ will complete things, just as he completed our salvation, our salvific story on the cross. That's the best of news. That's the best of news for you and me. So as we prepare for this table, let's offer a word of prayer. Lord, may may this not be a mere uh, program. Uh, May it be out of love and relationship for you, and love and relationship for those with whom we minister already, whether it's Truvine or LifeLink or uh, Mongolian Mission or Nicaragua or wherever we might be, Uh, the Hudgens who are in Kenya right now with the relationships they have there, some of our folks who are in Wisconsin as we speak worshiping with the church up there whose church we are helping to add on to. Lord, what incredible gifts we have with those relationships, and we really do pray that even as we give uh, both of ourselves and our bodies and our minds through, through actual uh, rolling up our sleeves uh, mission kind of work, but even as we give, even as we give money, we ask that this would not be too programmatized, but that this really would be um, a means by which we glorify you and bring some of your kingdom of heaven down here on earth just as we pray every Sunday with the prayer that your son Jesus taught us. And now as we remember what Jesus did for us on the cross, going above and beyond, completing our salvation, may we be reminded of that incredible gift as we come forward and receive the gift. We pray these things in your name. Amen.